Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Everybody doing? Everybody doing all right? Well, my name is Aaron Everett. I'm Gabe's brother-in-law, so he couldn't find nobody else, so he asked me to come preach today. I was a last resort, so this is all you got today. So, anyways, well, I'm going to talk to you today about restoring your joy, and how have you have struggled with that in your life? Lost your joy for whatever reason, and three of you, I can tell by some of your faces, you've lost your joy too, but you didn't raise your hand. <clears throat> but we... We all, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that things, you know, don't always go the way we, we expected them to or things are done to us, things happen to us. We do things. We, just stuff happens, how do you know? And we can tend to lose our joy throughout that process of, of just life happening to us. And especially this time of year, it's supposed to be the happiest time of the year, so to speak, but sometimes we get ourselves stressed out and, and do all these things and, and kind of lose our joy and lose the purpose of, of why we're doing what we do. And I want to read to you out of Psalms chapter 51. And this is David. He, he, he made a few mistakes. How many of y'all have know, know about David? He, he had an affair with this lady, had a kid, and then he had her husband killed. I mean, he, he was pretty drastic. And he finally realized that, you know, that was probably wrong. He decided I shouldn't have done that. And it probably wasn't as calm as that was but so he started repenting to God for some of the things he done and this is I'm going to share with you some steps or some uh some ways to see your joy restored and I know we can just pray for it and and I'm going to get to that in a minute but I believe there's also a process to certain things in our life to happening because a lot of us there was a process how we got to the point we're in how we're not happy no more we're not whatever you fill in the blank so sometimes there is a process. So here's, here's kind of the first thing. I'm going to run through the first part of this real quick, then I'm going to jump over to verse uh, 10. But he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight. I'm just going to skip some of that. He's basically repenting through those next few verses. And I'm going to jump on down to uh, verse 10. He says, To create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So I can just imagine. Aren't you glad all the things you've done ain't written down in a book where we can talk about it every Sunday? And, but his stuff was written down, and he was for an example for us. That's what the Bible says, that the Bible was... All these things in the Old Testament, they were an example for us to, to learn from. So David, he did all these things, and he started repenting. And after he started repenting, he asked God to create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. How have you been so far down before that you just felt like you needed a do-over, a start-over? You ever felt that way? I just need to, you know, start over. And this is what David, I feel like he was kind of, this is what I take from it. I'm not a theologian, so this isn't doctrinally correct. Don't corner me in the parking lot or nothing like that. But 
he was just trying to start over. He, he knew he messed up a lot, and he was asking God to, to create in him a new heart. He needed a do-over. He needed to, you know, I need to forget about these things. I'm going to repent for, for what I've done. And he said that, and then he said on down here in verse 12, he said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. So he lost his joy somewhere along the, in this process of the things he'd done. How I many you know it don't make you really that happy to do the things that David did? But he was probably trying to find some kind of joy, some kind of happiness in that. And some of our joy has been lost from sin, from things we've done, self-inflicted things. And some of our joy has not been lost from that. Some of our joy has been lost from we lost a loved one. How many of you ever lost a loved one? Anybody? Everybody in here probably at least knows somebody they've lost. And it caused you to lose your joy for a period of time. And you're sad about that, and it, it, it hurt, and it wasn't your fault. You can't really repent over that. So there's many reasons for us losing our joy. It can be, uh, again, self-inflicted, or it can be uh, just, again, things happening that we had no control over. But David, he, he, uh, his was self-inflicted. And most of my sorrow that I've had in my life has been self-inflicted. About 98% or so has been self-inflicted. Uh, some of yours, you might be just, just pure as the wind-driven snow and holy, and, and you don't make mistakes, and, and I don't even know why I'm up here talking to you, but <laughs> you, you are just perfect, and you're God's gift to humanity. But me, I'm not, and anyways, I just made some mistakes, and they've caused me sorrow in my life. And this is how I've try to turn my heart back to God in some areas of my life. I've never, I haven't really walked away from God and said, you know, I'm not doing this no more, and I hate you, God, and that kind of thing. But I have turned my heart away from God in areas of my life. How many of y'all can do that? You can still come to church. You can still do all the things that you do. But there's areas in your life, parts of your heart, that you've turned away from God and you lost your joy. So the first thing to do is to repent of that. Uh, if you've done that, if you've turned your heart towards God for whatever reason, whether it was a, you know, somebody you lost and the preacher got up there and said, well, God took your, you know, your dad or your sister or whatever, and uh, he said something like that and it wasn't true, but he said it and it hurt you. And now you hate God because of it. You lost your joy because of a lie, because of something somebody told you that wasn't true. And anyways, we could go on and on and on and, and we could try to cover it all, but we don't have time. We only have 28 minutes and 45 seconds left to do this. So... <laughs> We're going to try to get you out of here before your roast burns or the Mexican joint fills up. So whichever you're going to do, whichever one you're trying to find joy in today. But I just, so I just started reading this, and I asked God to, I, basically I, I decided, okay, this isn't, my, this isn't God's fault, this isn't this person's fault, this isn't that person's fault. This is my fault. I've sinned and fell short of the glory of God. And I, I quote that scripture every time I preach, it's just, it's just one I memorize, one of the only ones I know, so I just say it when I preach. So anyways, I, I've done these things, and that sin will take your joy away. Sin will take it away quick. And I'm not here just to talk about sin all day and all that kind of thing, but it is a problem. I mean, it's a problem for all of us. We all have thoughts and intents and things in our heart that shouldn't be there, and they're killing our joy. And we don't realize that that's killing our joy until it's gone a lot of times. And I want to read to you in John chapter 16. And this 
it's just, again, it's a process. In John chapter 16, Jesus talks about our joy. And we're going to start in about verse 20. But in John 16, he, he, uh, he gives an analogy here about a woman that had birth pain, pains. And I'm sure that does hurt when you have a baby. I don't know, but uh, it sounds like a good analogy for about half of you, it looks like, could, are going to get this one. So, uh, But he said here that, that it was like, you know, having a baby. That's not very joyful, probably, is it? Probably don't feel good. I'm just guessing because I've heard stories and, and things like that. But it probably don't feel good. And, but at the end, we all know that it, that it does feel good. You have the child and all that kind of thing. And he said here that, Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. But the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. So we have a hope that our sorrow can be turned into joy and that we can be happy again. How have you ever lost your hope? Man, this is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. I'm never going to be happy again. I'm never going to be fulfilled again. I'm never going to be whatever. You fill in the blank. But he said here that he could turn it into joy. And he said a woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So this lady has, you know, again, the pain and the suffering that went along with it, but God turned that pain and suffering into something, to something that was joyful. You know, me and my wife experienced it last year. We, we lost a child that we was uh, expecting to have. And it hurts, you know. I mean, it ain't fun. But it happens, right? And we can have our, somebody's calling me. I don't know who that is. Spam risk. I spam people. But we, we uh, people call me about my car's insurance and all this stuff. And anyway, I found this message in, this Bible, in, the, in the ocean one time when I was on a vacation. And I pulled the little message out of the, Bible, the bottle and it said, we've been trying to contact you about your car's uh, <laughs> warranty information. That didn't happen. That's not true. But... Uh, <laughs> I heard that somewhere, and I thought I'd just repeat it. But we was, and I was about to cry too, so I was trying to, you know, stop that. But So anyways, we had that happen to us, and it was unfortunate, and it's not any fun. But it, it does happen. But God can turn your sorrow into joy, right? I'm not sad now. My wife's not as sad as she was now. It hap it's just a time frame. It's just something that happens to all of us. We have different things that happen to us that can cause us to, to you know, quit believing that good can happen. And he's, let me keep on reading here. He says that, Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice. And your joy no one will take from you. You know how many times I blame somebody else for me not being happy? A hundred times. Somebody, you know, I was deal dealing with this guy last week. I was helping him at work, and... Boy, that dude stole my joy a few times. And anyways, uh, I never did confront him about it. I wanted to, but uh, it ain't his fault that I wasn't happy for that few minutes or that hour that it was, I gave it to him. He can't take my joy. He said right here, if you believe this more than you do your circumstance, you'll, you'll go with this. He said that nobody can take it from you. You'll rejoice in your joy. No one will take from you. So you know what some of our problems are? And I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you about all your sin your problems today, just if you didn't figure that out. But is we're blaming everybody else because I'm unhappy. I'm blaming this person, that person. I'm blaming this circumstance. I'm blaming, you know, 
whoever you want to fill in the blank on why I'm not happy. But he said right there that your joy couldn't be taken from you. So if it can't be taken from me, I must have given it up. I must have given it to them. I must have allowed them to, to do that to me. And again, we have to just believe the word more than we do our circumstances. So he said that our joy couldn't be taken from us. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name, and you will receive that your joy may be full. So we don't want to just have a little bit of joy. We want it to be full, right? I mean, everybody probably here would want that. And I've been going to church pretty much my whole life. Uh, you know, wasn't always a good little Christian boy, you know, like y'all. But I, I went to church, and, but I did some things wrong through the time. And I, I didn't even know that you're supposed to, that you could be, have joy and be, have salvation. I just kind of thought, well, they're just quitting all these things and then people are, you know, they're having to give up all this stuff in the world and that don't sound like it'd be very much fun. But that's not true. That's not true at all. Being a Christian is a great thing. Even David said it there, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And we can have joy and we don't have to look to the world to, to have this joy in our lives and to have to peace and happiness and all these things in our lives. We can look to God. And again, I think we blame people, circumstances, all of these things in our life, the reason we don't have joy, and it's, those aren't to blame. You can blame it. You can blame it on your boss. You can blame it on your, you know, your uh, people cutting you off in traffic. You can blame it on whatever you want to blame it on, a person. Uh, you can blame it on me if you want to. I don't care. I'm, I'm not the preacher here. I don't have to deal with all that every week. But <laughs> my brother-in-law, he has to do all that. But you, So you can talk to him about anything you don't like today. But we can't be blaming on everybody. And we can't be getting mad at people just because they, we think they stole something for, from us because it's not possible. It's just not possible for them to take my joy. I have to give it up or I have to uh, let that go. So that's, again, one of the processes, one of the things you need to know in this restoration process of seeing my joy restored is that I can't be a victim anymore about it. I've got to get over that. It's not somebody else's fault. Uh, it may not be your fault. It may be something that was just happened to you. But the victim thing is popular. We all know that. And it's, it's, not, it's not very productive in our lives, though, playing the victim all the time. And I've been the victim before, or I thought I was. And it's just miserable. You might as well just be honest with yourself and humble yourself and say, this is my fault, and repent, and you can start moving forward. But I think that's where most people don't ever see restoration in life. They don't ever admit to it. They don't ever repent. And they, they never humble themselves and say, I did have something to do with that. You know, most of your fights and stuff that happen at, at any kind of confrontation you have, it boils down to just being humble and saying, you know, you're sorry and repenting. And that's just some of the things that I've, I've had to deal with my own life and I've been uh, studying this for a few months now. And as I've studied it, I've gotten a hold of it more and more into a, and have more revelation of it that, that I've got to take responsibility and ownership of my own actions and my own thoughts and, and things like that. If you would, turn to Revelation chapter 2. And I want to read to you um, so we can ask God for joy. We've seen that in John 16. And we can ask him to restore the joy of our salvation. We've seen that in Psalm 51. But over here in Revelation 2, 
he gives us some more of a practical thing to do in our lives and to basically take a step of faith. And in Revelation chapter, don't, don't get all scared. I'm turning to Revelation. I'm not talking about, you know, post-trib, pre-trib, whatever. I'm, I'm a, uh, what do you call that, uh, a pan-millennialist. I just believe it's all going to pan out in the end. I ain't going to worry about which one it is. So that's how I feel about it. It, it pays off to be, to be not as, you know, educated as some people. It's life simpler sometimes for you. I've often said that I'm kind of like a, a Forrest Gump, you know, uh, and he just, he just thought a little simpler than most people, but that's all I'm going to say about that. And in <laughs> Revelation chapter 2, <laughs> my, I said that in the last service. My sister texted me. She lives in, in, in uh, New York. And uh, anyway, she said that was funny, so I thought I'd say it again. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, but anyway, Revelation chapter 2, uh, I don't usually try to, like, make jokes and stuff. I'm just, I'm just a different person, I guess, but <laughs> I'm not trying to make you laugh. I promise it ain't my goal. Uh, so that's on you if you're laughing. But <laughs> Revelation chapter 2 and verse 2. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. How have y'all lost your joy because of somebody that was evil? I have. I can name some, some names are popping in my head right now, but I'm not going to name them. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Sounds like you're doing pretty good to me. You've done all these things, and, and we, could, we could change that up a little bit if we wanted to. You know, you're praying, you're seeking God, you're, you're, you know, you're on the kids' team, you're on the whatever. But he said here that, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. So it's possible for me to be doing all the right things, going to church, doing whatever, but still not doing everything I need to do, and I've fallen. So we, I think sometimes I do anyway, I think about somebody that's fallen as somebody that's just like, I hate God, I'm going to go, you know, do all these simple things and, and do all these kind of things. But I think there's probably a lot of fallen people even come to church every Sunday. And I'm, I've, I've been one of them too, that I just fell. I just, it wasn't in my heart anymore, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to come here today and preach. Actually, I told my wife that last night, but she told me I probably should because it was kind of short notice and stuff. But, <laughs> so I just came on, but I had a thought. She didn't say all that. I, just make, I make stuff up all the time. You've got to watch me. <laughs> but anyways, it's just I've fallen before, just like everybody else has. And this is, uh, this is something that I've had to deal with in my own life and in my own heart. And I ain't done dealing with it yet, so this is for me today as much as it is for you. And I hope you can, you can be changed to it too. But he said, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. And he says here, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. Unless, unless, you always like that unless, the disclaimer, he said, unless you repent. So I didn't say this the last verse, but there's a time there that he's, and, you know, what is it, a day is like a thousand years or something like that. It says over there, 
it's a long time for God. He's, he's pretty patient. I, I think we all can agree that he has all the fruits of the Spirit. He has joy. He has peace. He has patience. He has long-suffering. And he said, if I don't do these things, that he'll take our candlestick away. But the, what I got out of this verse for me personally was to, to return to my first works. And I started thinking about that when I first got born again and what are some of the things that I that I was drawn to, some of the things that I did. And one of those things was uh, reading the Bible. I used to read the Bible a lot, and uh, probably a couple hours a day or something like that. And anyways, those are one of the things I don't do so much anymore. I read it, but I don't read it as much as I used to. And that was just a passion of mine, to just study. And, and it before, you know, I had an iPhone, I had just a, a, a bunch of these books that I would, it would take like, to get all the references and all the stuff I got today would take like, you know, like 15 hours to get it all together. And I can do it now on my phone, figure it all out in, you know, a few hours or so. So I've, I've cut my studying down because of some of that. But a lot of it's just a, a lack of desire. Well, I haven't, don't study as much anymore. And this is something that the Lord put on my heart to return to. One of my first works. One of my first, well, my first love would be God. But some of my works that I've, that I used to do was, was that. And for you, it may be something different. <clears throat> for you, it may be, uh, you know, serving something at a, at a soup kitchen or whatever it may be, or passing out sandwiches or, or going to somebody's house and cleaning their house. And, and if that's your gift, I'll get with you after church on that. But uh, we, we all have different desires and things in our life that, that we, we used to do, and we forget about it be, because we have just gotten busy. But, you know, the main thing, the main reason I think we quit doing those first works and lost our first love is because we lost our joy. And that came from, again, we could say all that again, it comes from circumstances of life. But until you get your joy back, I don't think you'll have the motivation to, to continue these first works and go back and do these things. It takes, the Bible says in Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord, it's our strength. So you ever seen somebody that was depressed or down and out for whatever reason? They can't hardly get out of bed. They can't, don't have any motivation to comb their hair. They don't have motivation to do different things in their life anymore because they don't have any joy. It's amazing what having joy will do in your life and how much it will change your life. Just being happy and being, being joyful on a daily basis. And again, this is a restoration process. And for, for some of you, you may be like me and you don't know where to start uh you ever started remodeling a house or painting a house or working on a car and you just can't figure out where to start at it's it's that's the way it is sometimes in our own lives and our own hearts is i can't figure out where i need to start at. i don't know where where to start at and, it, and just start just first thing to do is just repent i'm telling you where to start at you don't have to figure it out no more the bible's telling us where to start at and repent and then return back to these first works and I promise you your joy will start coming back it might take a few months it might take a few weeks it might take who knows how long but this is how our joy can be restored and if you do it God's way it'll stay and, and you'll be able to maintain that and that is something that that is important that we do it God's way and again one of the things that the reason why we lose our joy is we have tried to fill our our life with worldly things and things of this world to make us happy and I promise you, I fill my life with everything there is to offer. I mean, everything and plus some. And it, it ain't going to make you happy. It ain't going 
it ain't going to do nothing for you. You can try to get your bank account full. You can try to do whatever. And that's fine if you have a bank account full. But you can try to, you know, go on a, 10 vacations a year to make you happy. You can try to, you know, even serve so much that you're trying to make yourself happy. But until you just give it to God, repent, and start doing those first works again, you're not going to have real joy. You might have some superficial happiness that it looks good at church on Sunday, but you really know in your heart you've really fallen and you're not really serving God even though you're coming to church. And, and I'm not trying to put you down for that. I'm saying that's what I've done. I've done that in my life. I've come to church every day and wasn't really right with God. I'm not saying I wasn't going to heaven, <clears throat> but I, I have to repent. I wasn't happy, and I wasn't joyful, and I wasn't all these things. And I can say that I've come a little ways in this process, and I'm happier now than I was before I started this process. But he said that I need to remember where I came from. So I'm going to read to you in Hebrews chapter 10. This will be in the New Living Translation here in Hebrews chapter 10 that many of us, we, if we're plugged into the world too much, we tend to gravitate towards doing new things. And we can't go do this old thing. You know, we can't do this. I've done this message. Let me see how many times I wrote it down here. This is my fourth time to do this message. I used to, whenever I did a message, I'd wad up the notes and throw them away. I ain't never doing it again. But I've learned that returning to things helps me get it more and helps, uh, you know, the process for me and this is something that I've learned that returning to things is, is not a bad thing. And going back and, and going back to things, doing things sometimes the way we used to. And I know there's new methods, but I'm talking about our foundation. You're not talking about our methods. But in Hebrews 10.32-36, and this is a New Living Translation, he said, Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remain faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you're exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. Now, when I read that, I think about, you know, if I came home from work, and, you know, let's say I got fired at work, and... Then I come home, my house is burnt down, my dog run off, and all these bad things happened. And, and then I found my dog, and anyways, if I lost everything, I can't depend on that to have my joy. If you're depending on a nice house to have joy, you're, you're wasting your time. And this is the difference between the, the world's joy and our joy. If we're dependent on, a, again, a full bank account or whatever you are depending on, it's going to run out quickly, and especially the price of gas. Your bank account's going to run out real quick. But he said, you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. So how of you want us to receive everything that God has promised? I think we all could probably say that we do. And how I do that is just not working hard, but receiving what he has for us and to, to be receive that joy again. And then you'll see other things starting to work in your life and start to, to uh, pan out in your life. 
And, you know, again, talking about remembering things that, that we used to do or, sh- or we should be doing, I was sitting down thinking about this, uh, trying to remember everything that I, that I used to do that get made me, that I was passionate about doing, and some of the things were just witnessing to people. I, I was riding, I was working at this construction job, and this guy, he, I may have told this story, so I don't remember. So, anyways, I remember the story. But he, uh, I jumped up on the side of a semi, and I was hanging on to the handle and stepping on, standing on this step. And anyways, I just, I don't know where it even came from. I just asked him, I said, you, are you ever got born again? He said, no, I've been thinking about it. I said, well, let's do it right now. And I was standing on the side of his truck while he was driving back and forth, and uh, I led him to the Lord. And I ain't done that in a while. And anyways, that's what I'm talking about, those things like that that, that, uh, that get you choked up, that make you think about, you know, other people besides yourself. And if we get caught up in trying to make ourselves happy, nobody's going to be happy, and including you. You're not going to help anybody. You're not going to do anything productive for other people in your life if you're just thinking about yourself all the time. And you're going to lose your joy. So this is how I have tried to restore my joy and walk this out is just return to some of those things that I used to do, whether it be leading somebody to the Lord, whether it be reading your Bible, whatever it is in your life that you, that you need to do. I want to encourage you to take that verse there in Hebrews 10, <coughs> excuse me, and start meditating on it and figure out what you need to return to and the first works that you did that that just gave you joy and restore that joy and you'll see it start to happen in your life and I promise you you won't be disappointed you know I I told you I've been working on this and trying to iron this out in my own life and just the other day me and my in-laws we were we were uh, on a vacation and we were sitting beside the swimming pool and this guy walked by he's like 70 something years old and he just started talking to us just talk 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 he wouldn't shut up and anyways <laughs> Finally, I just, I was just talking back to him, me and my father-in-law were, and uh, finally I just asked him, I said, well, have you ever got born again? I don't, I just asked him, I don't know why, but it was one of them things. He said no, and he said he knew this guy that was a drunkard, he was a Christian, he died, and so I guess that was kind of some of his motivation for not wanting to be a Christian. Anyways, we kept talking, and I told him the story about Nicodemus, how he came to Jesus in the middle of the night, and he was kind of trying to hide it and that kind of thing. Anyways, long story short, he didn't get born again, unfortunately, but I did ask him, and I haven't been asking people. But we found out later that night that he was a pimp, and uh, he was selling these women and doing all this stuff at this resort. And I say that to say this. You don't know who you're talking to every day. It's worth asking them. It's worth asking them if you can help them, if you can do something for them, you know, if you can lead them to the Lord, if you can whatever you you can do whatever your gift is and it's worth asking it's worth reaching out to somebody but if you don't have joy and you're thinking about yourself all the time you're not going to reach out to those people you're not going to think about nothing but i'm broke i'm depressed i'm the victim i'm the whatever and this is a uh it could be again a long process for you if you've if you've really fallen a long ways but i believe that you can just start with repenting and start to see that joy restored in your life and I think a lot of us we just complicate things in our lives a lot of times we we take our we take our lives and think well if I was you know moving to Africa and preaching and doing all these things for God I'd be happy well 
most of you are probably not going to move to Africa. Most of you are going to stay right here in Paris, Texas your whole life probably. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I wasn't putting that down. But even though I am from Oklahoma, it's a little further north. But it's, you don't have to do something elaborate to be fulfilling and to be doing what God's called you to do. You don't, I'm a truck driver. I'm at, I mean, I'm up here talking to you all about the Bible. I'm a truck driver. Some people don't think much of truck drivers, but that's your problem. But I, <laughs> we all do different things in life, and it doesn't mean we can't be happy doing them. But you can, I meet people, I bet there's not hardly anybody that I meet that's born again. I mean, sometimes truck drivers can be rough folks, and, and you hear things on the CB that, that I'm not going to repeat up here, but you, it's, we're around people all the time. And if we're happy and we have our joy, restore we can start reaching out to those people and helping those people and see their lives changed and there's people everywhere you ain't got to be a preacher you ain't got to start a church you ain't got to go to bible college you ain't got to do all these things that that we think we need to do to to be happy or to you know to to uh be fulfilled in our lives we just need to return to those first works and return to our first love which is god and i promise you you'll start seeing that joy come back you'll start seeing things working together for your good in your life and you won't be miserable anymore and you know i just made a little list of things uh of things to return to and again these are things that i need to return to uh but return to return to the gym i used to go to the gym all the time some of you can probably can see that i don't go anymore but uh return to work some people you know we had the pandemic they they just got they didn't want to go back to work and i've had that feeling before but we just Simple thing, return to prayer, return to church, uh, return to eating better, and return to being nice to people. And if you don't have joy, you're not going to be nice to people. And nobody's going to get born again through you if you're not nice to them. If you're cussing them out and doing all these things to them, then you say, oh, you want to get Jesus? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I'll pass on that one. That'd be a hard pass. It ain't happening. So this is why it's so important to have joy we got to have something different than the world has. The world has all kinds of stuff to offer, but none of it's going to last. It's not going to, it's just meaningless. It's, it's going to be burnt up one day. It's going to be tried by fire. But if we have true joy, we can truly help people and lead people to the Lord, and we can, we can see lives changed and hearts changed around us, and we'll just be that much more fulfilled, and we'll just be that much more happier in our lives if we would just, just submit to God and resist the devil. And if the worship team wants to come forward. Uh, again, these are just practical things. This could hit you differently. This could be, uh, you know, all the things that I said may be completely different for you, what you need to return to. I think we all need to pray and read our Bibles, don't get me wrong, but for some of us it's, it's more of a passion. But if you'll just start the process today by repenting and humbling yourself and saying, God, I don't know how to start, I don't know where I got off or or why I let that offense in, or why I let this joy go, or, or whatever it is, if you'll just start out like that, and with repentance, I promise you, you'll see this restoration process start in your life. And you know, I, I always hated to uh, return to something at work. If I, would, if I would do a job, if I would do something, uh, well, my dad's in here, I worked for him for a long time, he'd make me go back and redo it a lot of times. I mean, a lot of times. I went back and redid it, and I wasn't happy. I hated returning to something. And it's hard to return to something. But it, what, what happened to me over the years as I returned and, and redid jobs and redid work 
is I got better at it. And I didn't lose what I gained over that time. And that is something that, that happens when we return to our first works and we return to God and we'll start to see those things. It'll, it'll be easier for us next time if something bad happens to us in our lives. And those, those redos, are a lot of times they're a blessing. They'll make you be a better person and they'll make you uh, learn better. I learn. That's how I learn. I'm on the job, on hands training, and I learn through mistakes. I learn through making mistakes and doing things wrong. And that's what we have to do. We just have to return. It's as simple as that. Again, you don't have to move to Africa. You don't have to do all these things that we get in our head. You don't have to go do all these things. Just return to your first love. It's as simple as that. And you can do it right now. You don't have to wait till next Sunday or next week or whenever. But just return and, and repent, and we can see things happen in our life. How many of you received that today? Anybody? Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that it helped you. It's helped me over the past month or two. Uh, just studying this and, and seeking out for myself what this looks like for me but I don't know about you but I'd rather be, have a joy than not have it even if all it takes is for me to be humble and repent uh, sometimes that's the hardest thing to do because of pride and, and things like that in our lives but I promise if you do that you'll be happier so I'm going to pray for you and we'll seal this deal and then we'll have some people down here to pray with you and for you and uh, I hope that you can start this process in your own life and heart. Father, we thank you today for your word. Father, we thank you for, for that joy that's coming back to us today, that we're seeing that restoration process start today. Father, I pray that anybody here that would, that would have a problem with repenting, that, that just is being stubborn, Father, I pray that you would soften their heart today, that you would open their heart back up to you, and that they could see that joy start to be restored in their lives today as they repent. They return to you, Father, and you give them a, a clean heart. You give them a new heart. Father, we thank you for that today, that you're just changing our hearts today. And we know that's the real issue today in our lives, that, that our hearts need to be changed and, and cut some things away from us today. And we would see that joy start to come back into our lives, into our hearts, Father. And I thank you for today for everybody that can, that's under the sound of my voice, that you would, you would just give them joy and give them strength as they receive that joy today. In Jesus' name, amen.